You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 335 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Dick? <laughs> That's a good way to start, isn't it? Dina, I think I tried to call you. How are you, Gina? Great. I, I just read actually uh, on uh, on Twitter about how your um, your nickname plus the loudest sound that you just heard is your uh, breakfast radio show's name. Oh, okay. So I would be Gina and the Chainsaw. <laughs> what would you be? I didn't have a nickname. I've got a nickname now, but what is it? Don't you know what my nickname? Everyone calls me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. What's with B? Oh, mm. <laughs> what, what's yours? Yes. <laughs> I don't really have one. So Valerie and the the loudest sound that you heard. Uh, leaf blower. Valerie and the Leaf Blowers. <laughs> they're actually good uh, good uh, band names, aren't they, Yeah, as well? yeah, they're good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, excited about this week's uh, podcast. Yes, so, this week's come- episode, we got so much feedback from the last time we did this, hey, Gina, where yeah. you actually did a walkthrough so you can people can watch your screen and we'll post, obviously, the video to um, the accompanying video in the show notes, which you can find at ginamilitia.com. But you actually walk us through a whole bunch of stuff on your screen and it's just so helpful to see it in real life. So what are we going to be covering this episode? Okay, so uh, I'm coming to you from lockdown 4.0 yeah. or 5. <laughs> I got run out. So like <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere and uh, all my shoots were cancelled because like proper lockdown. Yeah, yeah, if everything's closed, uh, the poor stylist can't get access to the shops to get the to, to source the clothes. So, like, mm. yeah, everything is just like. So, I had a weekend where I'm like, okay, well, I may as well uh, do do some uh, shooting. And so, basically, what I wanted to show you guys is a really uh, simple way to explain. Uh, the differences in different types of lighting, daylight, continuous light, and flash. And this is a simple setup that you can do in your own home. So I did these on my kitchen table, Val, and uh, all these shots. And Yeah. And so it's really easy and you can get really uh, high-end looking results. And what is great, and so this, like learning about light, you can do it in the wild, right, it's much easier. I just keep saying this, but it's so true that in the comfort of your home, without the pressure of someone else in front of you giving you that stink eye, 
that they do or rolling their eyes or, or, or rolling their eyes on the inside that you just think they're rolling their eyes at you. There's no pressure. You can learn, play music while you're doing it. It's, it's a great way to learn about lighting and you can get some great um, results. And also if you're a starting out photographer, I think that as well as learning all the skills that we teach on this podcast about portrait photography, it's Mm. also really important that you learn how to photograph products. And and this is something that I kind of avoided for a long time because I'm like, yeah, I'm just a portrait photographer. I don't do (laughs) products. Um, But it's really important because you'll often get a client that says, hey, you've done all the headshots. We've got Mm, this product we're launching. Can you do the products as well? Why would you outsource that? You may as well take it. And, you know, it's simple tabletop stuff. And it also, I, I noticed that the majority of our listeners are out of the US, Val, and mm. they're like all getting snowed in and it's winter and, oh, yes. uh, you know. and, and well, also, they're not all getting snowed No, but in, a but lot a of lot the of northern <laughs> hemisphere as well. There are a couple of months in the depths of winter, you know, and, and for us as well here in Australia where it's just like not feasible to go outside really and shoot stuff. So you can practice. And also if you're working as well and you get home, what can you do at 10 o'clock at night? Do this, yeah. but you know, yeah. and uh, it's really, it can, you can spend, you know, 30 minutes or uh, hours or all weekend like I did and it's fun. So, uh, This is going to be a start to finish tutorial and I'm Mm -hmm. going to show you uh, some very basic lighting setups uh, and uh, the difference between flat lighting and uh, directional lighting, which really brings life to an image. So um, uh, basically, let's get into it, Val. So Yeah, absolutely. Where are we going to start? So... If you're listening to this podcast, we're going to go uh, try and be as descriptive as possible so you can imagine the scenarios. And so if you're only listening and you're not looking at the photos, just imagine the photos are all amazing. (laughs) We can just make stuff up, Val. No, but just imagine that um, we're sharing images of uh, my favourite flowers, tulips, because I think they're the sexiest flower on the planet. Val, what's your favourite flower? Oh, I think tulips are beautiful. Yes, definitely. I like all flowers, actually. I think flowers are just the most gorgeous things. I wish I lived in a house full of flowers that never died. I do. I do. Um, And just a little, little, little tip here. What I've started doing is because you can go and buy bunches and bunches of flower and they don't last very long. But what I've been doing is I go to the uh, garden store and I buy potted flowers, like a pot of tulips or a pot of um, different flowers. And then you, um, your small pot, and then you get a little vase, like a solid you know, ceramic vase and you put the potted flower in the vase and it looks like a bunch of flowers, but they're living and growing and they last for months. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, good tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the reason I love tulips is because, uh, the, you know, they, they, they change as they get older and they droop and they just, they're very sexy. So um, what I want to show you is typically... So this is the, 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 an image that I've got on the screen. I've shot it with flash to make it look like right. it's uh, tulips lit 
by sunlight streaming in from the side. So camera right, you've got light. So you've got light and shadow. This is what gives an image drama. Now, Mm. what we tend to do as beginners when we're starting out is like avoid the drama and we try and go for flat lighting. Nothing wrong with that, but I just want to show you the difference. So um, I started with an image of uh, a bunch of tulips with the lighting coming from a window at my back so the the tulips were lit very flat from the front from the front so it's mm-hmm. flat lighting and this I think is a common mistake I, I did it forever as well that you know you light with the light behind you streams onto the face or the landscape or the product and you get flat even lighting great start Okay, mm. um, but it's flat and it doesn't yes. it, it doesn't have the drama. So think, and this is why doing this is a really great exercise. So when you're lighting landscapes, when you're lighting people, and when you're lighting products, if you want to give that image drama and life, change the lighting so that it's directional, so it's coming from the side. So with the uh, image that I just showed you, the final result. It is lit with the light coming from the side. And you can see the difference, Val, how much it makes the image pop. And it's just one single speed light to the side and you get all of that drama. The other thing, and I'm going to be sharing with you today, is the image itself is uh, it's shot at uh, f5.6, right? And I focused Mm -hmm. on the front uh, bud, flower bud, right? And uh, normally what would happen is I get, um, instead of getting the, the entire image in focus, only the front bud would be in focus and the rest of it falls out, which uh, can look okay, but mm-hmm. I combined this image with something called focus stacking, which I'm going to show you today, where I take lots of different images and I change the focal point and merge those together to create this final image. So I'll um, share how to do that and we'll describe it as uh, as well as we can as well. Mm-hmm. So um, this, uh, this setup that I've got where I've got directional lighting that looks like daylight but I've used flash. If you're a beginner, don't freak out. You don't have to Mm -hmm. use flash. You Mm. can use daylight. So what I did. A window. A window, right? Mm -hmm. And outside it was a sunny day, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I moved my table so that it was positioned close by. So I'll show you another couple of examples. So I've got my uh, pomegranates. Oh, I love pomegranates. Aren't they the best? And so this was shot using daylight, directional daylight, but I've controlled the daylight, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, also I did, Val, lychees. Oh, I like lychees too. Okay, and again, these were shot using daylight. Oh, it's a photo of um, lychees in a a dark bowl um, on a wooden table and there's the old-fashioned camera that I gave you, Gina. That's right, yes. So... um, (laughs) This technique involves daylight and using strips of black card. So I've got a little video here, which is the pomegranates. Hang on, let me Mm -hmm. just go on to library mode. So 
you can see here, Val, that yeah. this oh. is the setup. Okay, so basically, uh, at the behind, like, because I've created a little set, so I've got my uh, rustic tabletop, which is just a timber, rustic timber tabletop. I've got my pomegranates uh, positioned, and I've positioned my, I've just scooched my table across so that it was butting up against the window, which is um, adjacent to me to my left. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what I did is I built a set all around the pomegranate. So behind, directly behind the pomegranates, I've got a, uh, a large chopping board, which again is a rustic timber. That's the background. So I just wanted something heavy and dark and rustic in the background that's going to make the pomegranates pop. To the right of the pomegranates, I've brought in a, another uh, black sheet of card uh, and also I've created like a little set of sliding doors to the left of the pomegranates and basically, um, let me see if I can get these to, yeah. sorry, it's hard for, to show that play the video, but I'll just show you the, uh, the image here. You can see, Val, that I've created this little box set that uh, building black all around the image. And I've just got these little uh, black cards to camera left that are blocking the daylight that's streaming in. And I've just got this little um, section, tiny little section of light that's coming in across the pomegranates from camera yeah. left across to camera right. And that's the result that you get, Val, doing that. That's it's dark food, you know, so dark and moody. So we control the daylight just mm. by adding blacks to the image. So it's a, it's a really cool technique that uh, anyone, anyone can do. So um, I want to show you uh, basically how the set is built so that you've got a better idea. So I've got a little okay. uh, here. So basically... <laughs> What you've got is my uh, tulips on the table, right? And then yes. what I added is a black behind the tulips. And then I added another black. Like, so this is uh, just black card that you can buy from an office supply Anywhere. store or a hardware store, you know, and it's worth its weight in gold, these things, because yeah. they come in really handy. So a, ba a black to camera left. And then I've got a, um, or depending on how you want to do it, which way the light is coming in. And then the, then where the light is coming in, I've created a little, like a little um, opening uh, and I've blacked out most of it, but it's just a, a tiny little section and you can control mm. that. You can slide it closer, make it smaller or larger, depending on how much light you've got coming in. So I've just got this tiny little section of light that pokes its, uh, comes in and lights across the flowers. Now, the reason for the blacks is they're stopping the light from bouncing around. So if you try to do this shot in a white studio or an all white room the light mm -hmm. is going to come in through the windows bounce off the white ceiling bounce off the white walls and just flood the image with lots of flat even daylight and you're not going to get this drama so that's why adding these blacks all around the image adds to the drama and just to to control the light even more I've added a black on top of the of the flowers as well so that stops any light oh. bouncing from the ceiling as well and then basically uh, what I do is I bring in my light. Now, your light can be uh, anything. It can be daylight, 
which you've got streaming in, or it can yep. be a speed light with a, uh, a softbox. So there's my little speed light. Or you could do it if you don't have any lighting, but you've got a desk lamp. Try it with a desk right. or a torch, okay? And just uh, turn that torch on and place it in that little slit there. And then mm-hmm. you've got the light that comes in from the side there see that that's just great it's so easy and of course uh, it is worth ha- checking out the video because uh gina's got accompanying little cartoons that, little animated that she's created cartoons. to, yes, to I've explain actually, uh, animated that so the, the position goal of is everything. you'll expect the little animated cartoon and you know that this is how i describe all my lighting setups yes. in the in the uh tutorials that i do because you just want to make it you know, it's easy to explain, but it's much easier to see it, you know, uh, when you see mm. it. So that's basically the setup I've used for all the uh, different lighting setups. So you can see now the um, lychee image that I took. Now, um, when it's lit with the light coming from behind me and pumping light forward, flat even lighting gives you a flat looking shot. Nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't have any oomph, does it, Val? You know, mm, yes, so, that's and then right. Daylight, we create this whole different look. All right. So, uh, Love it. we've seen how to do it. So, basically, um, what you want to do is uh, just, you know, create your little dark set and uh, place the light off to the side and uh, have an experiment using, um, using flash or daylight or continuous light now and i love that you can just see when gene is talking about a set sometimes you think of a set as in a big like a movie set this is just on her dining room table yeah kitchen table val Mm. i don't have a dining room you've got a dining room that's so posh you have a dining room i I suppose it's in the kitchen though isn't it yeah but i guess it is a dining room all right and so you know just if you want to see a like a still of that there it is um with the 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 set it's just a tiny little set makes a huge difference okay so if you're going to get so i want you to have a try that start with daylight i'm telling you you'll get addicted and just find um really great textural things so i just went to the fruit shop i got light cheese i got pomegranates yeah i got the flowers and and uh experiment or you might have some retro cameras or anything like what if you got those little blow torches val they'd be great to photograph using yeah. this technique so mm. um find one little thing or if you've got your little gi joe doll try it with the G.I. Joe doll uh, as well. So that's um, that with that. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. 
As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Goal community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. Now, with um, when you're working with, um, uh, hang on, let me just get rid of this. Okay. So basically, when I'm working with Flash, uh, I build the same set, but I want to show you how I'm getting um, the, the look uh, of the background. So what I want to do is, uh, let me just bring my loop info up. Uh, hang on, get it developed. Bear with me one sec, Val. This is the. Great it's great to be able things. to see this in real life and to see where you actually position okay. the, the black yeah. card and where you actually position yeah. the light and stuff. Very useful. So uh, I've got my um, shot here, and uh, basically, I want to show you what happens when we're lighting with flash. Shutter speed controls how much ambient light you've got in the background. So I've got my first image where I've shot with flash. I've got a speed light. It's adjacent to my light. So it's off to the side going across with, I've got my little slits, my little slit of light coming through. And uh, because Val, I'm avoiding the word that I can't pronounce properly, which is sliver, sliver, which I get it wrong. What? So I'm trying not to say a sliver, like I Slipper. say slither. Yeah, so that's just, you know, one of those things like ambulan ambulance, ambulance. Right, so I've got uh, F5.6 ISO 400. My power on my flash is set to uh, 132 power. That's going to vary depending on where you are. If you're in the northern hemisphere and there's zero daylight, you might have to be a bit brighter. So I had a fair bit of light in the room, so I've got... At a 15th of a second, 5.6 ISO 400, that's what it looks like. You can see the detail around, the detail in the tabletop, the background, everything, because there's enough ambient light in the room combined with the flash. So I'm balancing daylight with flash. So what I always talk about is the first thing you want to do when you're working with flash is determine how you want your background to look. And that's by shutter speed okay so i've selected f5.6 watch what happens when i go uh increase my shutter speed to a 30th of a second did you see the difference in the background it's getting Ooh, darker in the background yeah. now mm. i'm going to go to a 60th of a second we're starting to lose the ambient light and if i keep going 1 1 25th i've nearly lost the ambient light in the background but have you noticed what happens with the the flowers that are lit by flash so basically yep. it's the same, but we're starting to get more shadow creeping into the side. Can you see that? Yes. yes okay. Yes. But the original area that's lit by the flash is still the same. So the mm. shutter speed controls the ambient light and I get all the way up to one two hundredth of a second. And mm -hmm. you can see that I've pretty much gotten rid of all the light in the background. So I've got my dark mm. and moody mood set. Okay, does, mm -hmm. does that all make sense? So like yes. one fifteenth of a second, okay, 
And then one two hundredth of a second, you can see that the background diminishes. You get rid of yes. all the ambient light. And so that's how you create a dark and moody shot. So, And you can determine how you want the background to look with your shutter speed. Okay? So that's yes. the first thing I do. Now, I want to show you quickly how I get the, the image to look um, sharp all the way through. So um, basically... What I'm doing is I am shooting a uh, number of images here. Okay, so what I do is I've got my settings and basically, so it was F5.6, one mm -hmm. 200th of a second, uh, ISO 400. And the first shot that I, so I've got my, my camera is on the tripod and yep. everything is locked off, okay? Yep. And basically all I'm doing now is I'm moving my point of focus. So the first frame that I take, I focus on the, the tulip uh, bud that is closest mm -hmm. to me. And you can see yep. that if you're watching this at home, it's the red square is my focus point. Can you see that, Val? Yes. Okay. Yes. Then Without moving the camera or touching anything, and I've got my camera set on autofocus, if you can see, you can use manual focus. I trust autofocus more than I trust uh, manual focus and my ability mm -hmm. to see. It's just much easier yeah. for me. So yeah. uh, next, I move it across a little bit. So I've just moved yeah. my focus point. So it's now focusing further back into the flowers, and I take yes. another shot. And then mm -hmm. I continue to do that and moving my focus point all around the flowers. So it's going uh -huh. deeper into the bunch of flowers and I'm taking a series of shots that cover the entire area of the flower, right? Can you yeah. see that? Or cover the different depths of the flower. The different depths of the flower. So I've got yeah. now I end up with all these different images um, with different things in focus, different, different sections of the, it's, it's exactly. a bouquet of flowers um, in focus. Uh -huh. So I'll show you all the shots here. So I've got the, the first shot, the first buds in focus. And then yes. as I move around, you can see that the focal point changes in every image. To the middle okay? of the bunch. So to I've the got, how many shots bunch? have I got? Let me mm -hmm. see. So I've got. Um, eight images that I've taken. Now, some people take hundreds of images. Yeah, sure. You can test it out with just four, it, it, you know, just give it a go. It's really yeah. this easy. So the first thing I do, let me just reset all of that and just go back to normal. So basically uh, I had it edited. So here is how it's come out of the camera. Okay. So what I want to do is just edit it quickly. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to get the white balance right. And because I was lazy and I didn't use a gray card, I don't have a neutral area. I'm just going to go for this um, instance to auto white balance. That looks all right. So if you just want to see the before and after, the before shot has got that uh, yellow uh, color cast. Um, mm. just from the ambient light in the room. And then the, um, the adjusted image is looking a lot more neutral in the lighting, okay? And then I take, uh, I will adjust the highlights. I'm just going to drop those down a little bit, all right? And so I'm doing this in Lightroom. This will work in Camera Raw or basically using these principles in any editing software. I'm also, instead of lift, I could lift the shadows, but I want this to be dark and moody, Val. So I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to um, 
reduce the shadow. So I'm actually getting it darker and moodier. Well, I'm just giving mm-hmm. it more oomph. And then yes. I'm not going to touch the whites and I'm actually going to increase the blacks a teach as well. This is all scientific measures of um, adjusting things. Teach, duke, they're all, <laughs> um, you know, scientific terms. Then the one that I love, and this is in Lightroom and Camera Raw, is texture, okay? And this is in the latest, like the last few years of Lightroom. Texture has been added as a slider. I love Mm. it because, and I've got, this is perfect for texture because watch what happens when I crank up this slider. Can you see how it just brings out the detail in all the leaves and all the little, the petals, and uh, you can see the difference now before and after, all right, and uh, I'll just show you a toggle on and off. Uh, that's not going to work. So, okay. So that's there. I've got too many things running at once. The other thing, Val, is I'm just going to add a titch of clarity. Mm. Okay, and that's just giving it a, a bit of grunt in the mid-tones. Now, mm-hmm. whenever you add clarity, it actually takes away some of the pop of colour. It sort of mutes colours. So right. a good antidote to that mm-hmm. is whenever you add clarity, you're boosting the midtones, you're going to lose some of the colour. So if you want to keep that vibrance, just um, chalk up the vibrance a little bit. Right, yeah. You know, and that just brings the colour in. So I've done that to the first image. Now what I'm going to do is with the first image selected, I'm holding down shift Okay, and I've got all eight images selected. And then on the uh, bottom right of the screen in the develop module of Lightroom, you've got a little option to sync, which basically says, hey, Lightroom, everything that you did to that first image, I want you to do it to all the images that I've selected. So if I hit sync, you get a little dialogue box. Lightroom is very polite, Val. It always asks you (laughs) before it does anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and it asks you in a way like Alexa speaks to me when I tell her to turn off the light. With a little bit of attitude, you know. (laughs) What does Alexa say to you? Alexa just like she, when I say, um, Alexa, turn off kitchen light, Mm -hmm. sometimes she doesn't, she just ignores me. It's this mm. passive-aggressive relationship that we have now. <laughs> and lately I ask her three times and she always replies with, okay. <laughs> okay. Have you got Alexa? Does she speak to you like that? I want to no. throw her against the wall sometimes. But, like, you know, anyway. Um, so Maybe like reading we- too much into her tone? No. It's got Mm -hmm. attitude and I'm going to put it out there. I want anyone who has an Alexa at home, do you think she's got attitude? I think it should be like, it's not okay. It should be, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) That's it. Like it should go up at the end. Okay. Not okay. Okay. All right. So Lightroom is just um, polite as well. So it's going to ask you and it'll bring up a little dialogue box. It'll say, are these the things you want to synchronize? And uh, I'll go, yes, I want you to synchronize everything, which means I want you to apply all the settings that I've done to the first image to all those images. This Mm. is what got me across the line with Lightroom many years ago. The fact that if you're doing multiple image, like an event, you know, mm. or a photo shoot where you're doing hundreds of shots. You don't want to sit there and do these individually. You want to be able to edit one image and then apply that same edit to all the images um, and then, you know, do laps because what a hero. You've got it done so quickly. <laughs> do laps. Do laps. All right. So so um, 
Now all my images have been edited in exactly the same way. And the only difference between all the images is there are, they're all slightly different in their focus point. Okay. So what I do now is I select all my images, right click on one of the images and in Lightroom, I go to edit in, edit, open as layers in Photoshop. And so what this does is if I open my Photoshop and it'll take a little minute to do this. Um, basically, uh, okay, so it's coming up now. It'll, it'll, come, it'll take a second, Val. So basically we can talk about Alexa for a minute while that all loads up. So what, what's happening is Photoshop is now loading all of my images for me as a stack. And we'll see it in a minute. Hang on, let me just move my... Um, move this across here so that you can see my layers it's not going to mm -hmm. let me move until it does it hang on here we go all right just give it a minute to load so it's loading okay. all of those eight images into a stack into um photoshop what should i do about alexa then if that that's an issue val how do i train her <laughs> Um, I don't know, maybe um, offer up some competition. Like maybe. Like no, no, no. So if this was a friend of yours, like mm -hmm. if, if every time you ask me to do something politely, hey, Gina, can you pass the butter? And I just went, okay. If we were out at dinner and I said it to that, what would you say to me? It wouldn't bother me. <laughs> it doesn't bother you that I would have at every single time you asked me to do something, I said, okay. <laughs> like. You know, not it's really. Not right. It's not right. It's still loading okay. the images. Okay. You just <laughs> then. <laughs> you mean like me and Alexa are going behind your back. <laughs> We're like besties. <laughs> okay. So um, Photoshop has now taken all those images out of Lightroom, moved them across to Photoshop and lined them up in a little stack. So I've got all these images now are in a stack. The problem is that even if I'm incredibly careful, don't knock anything, you know, plants, they move a tiny bit. Like there's, there might be just like you might, I might have knocked the camera a little bit. So currently these, all these eight images are just slightly out of register. So what I do is select all the images, go to edit um, in Photoshop, auto align layers. And basically what Photoshop is going to do and hit auto um, and hit OK, is now Photoshop is going to take those eight images and just line them up so they're exactly um, in the same spot. You know, there's no movement. It'll just make sure that they're all lined up, which is really I can't important. can't wait for to the see next the final step. result. So it's Tenderhooks. Like yes, tenderhooks. So it's doing that, and I know we're on uh, time constraints, so we're just going to power through this last little bit. So this is power edit. So basically this thinking you know, and yeah. um, you got any questions while this is uh, so such a great now? idea where basically Gina has taken all of those shots where they are the focus, the, 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 the point of focus is on different parts of the bunch of flowers and it's um, and she's using uh, what's the term you've just used focus stack. Oh, so I've Fo auto aligned no. the layers, auto aligns yep. the layers and okay. voila, 
Okay, so they're now auto-aligned, which means that if I click on any of the images, like it doesn't move. Can you see? Like it's actually Photoshop really is very clever at doing this. So this is great. And if you had to do this manually, it does your head in because this is how we used to do it. And you'd be like moving millimetres and you just want to just like throw the computer out the window. So are they all on different layers? They're all on different layers, Val. Every different focus area is covered so in eight images the, in stacked together and mm. now they've all been aligned precisely so they're all exactly because photoshop recognizes spot. the shape it, of the bunch of flowers yeah. and aligns them all because you've locked them off they're yeah. all um yeah. you know in the same spot they're and all you've, exactly the same spot. photoshop aligns them aligns the bunch of flowers all of all of the images all together on separate layers exactly okay so now that i've done that i'm going to ask photoshop to do something again and it's like i'm going to um ask photoshop what i want you to do now is i want you to take all the sharp bits from every different image and merge them together and create a new image that's what focus stacking is so i go back down to photoshop edit auto blend layers you get a little dialog box that comes in again photoshop just as polite as lightroom and not like alexa all right so it says what do you want to do how do you want to blend these images and i say photoshop i want them to stack the images so i hit i tag stack and then i also tag seamless tones and colors and i also it check content aware, aware fill transparent areas okay and then i hit okay and basically photoshop is now going to think about it for a bit and it's going to blend all those layers so it's doing that in the background there's like these little elves <laughs> that live inside your computer that like this this um message comes down stack the images dave dave jenny sarah val coming start stacking and so they're all working really hard there's millions of them at work and they're taking all the images and they're lifting the sharp bit out of every image and then they're merging them together there's lots of um they they work really well there's not like you don't ever hear them yell and there's no tone when they ask so the boss says you know dave i want you to Mm -hmm. stack the images dave doesn't say okay he says okay like, I would love to do that. There's nothing more I would love to do that. That's all I want from Alexa, Val. Is it too much to ask? Yes. That she asks nicely <laughs> and just says, okay, I'm really happy to do that. So, like, uh, Photoshop is now creating this um, composite image and it's going to pop up with a new image on top. And there it is, voila. Oh, my God. Val. Is that not That's clever? Amazing. Now I want you to show I want to show you what it looks like so that you can actually see. So I'm going to turn off the top layer. Okay. And I'm going to so it creates little layer masks and you can now see it takes out bits. Look at that. And then it it builds those bits together. So that bit, that bit, that's a sharp bit, that's a sharp bit, that's another sharp bit. That's another sharp bit. That's another sharp bit. And then we'll take all those sharp bits, merge them together, and we get one big sharp image. So already. Isn't that incredible? How sexy is that? So, you know, I Brilliant. know 
everybody loves bokeh so in the backgrounds and slightly but you know have a play around with having detail in your image and lots of sharpness and bringing mood into your images now we've got about uh, another five minutes Val so I'm going to show you uh, another way to that we can take this uh, image further and um, have a bit of fun with it and I want to show you just deselect that a um, painterly technique of editing the images and I'll just show you what it looks like mm -hmm. um, so let me see what's uh, just got to find it here Val mm -hmm. all right so um, where have they all gone here we go let me just select where did all my images go? One sec. Here we go. All right. So um, I think it's this one. Yes. Can you see the? Can you see this painterly edit here? Yeah. All right. I'm going to show you how wow. to do that. Okay. So here's the non-painterly edit. Okay. I'll show you a close-up. So that's the photograph. And mm -hmm. this is giving it just a painterly look, which is uh, a bit groovy yeah. at the moment. So I'm just going to quickly. Mm. Uh, it's kind of a smoother look. But it looks like paintbrushes as well. Yes, so yes, it can yes. it can give it a sort of a different look if you want to do that. I like the, the, the edgy sort of texture look here. But mm. um, what you can do is the first thing we're going to do is we're going to um, merge all the layers underneath up onto their own layer. So to do that on a Mac, you're going to hit Command, Option, Shift, E. If you're working on a Windows, Command, Alt, Shift, E. Is there another kind of computer? Because I don't know the other shortcut if there are any. So basically <laughs> no. what that does is it, uh, is it Linux? Linux is another kind? I don't Linux. know what this is. Linux. Linux. That's it. No idea. Sorry. No. Um, so basically what I've done is I've all the layers underneath is I've merged them onto their own new little layer now, okay? And so to create this uh, painterly look, what you do first up on the new layer, with new layer selected, go to filter, noise, dust and scratches. You get a little dialog box, again, polite, Photoshop, hello, uh, <laughs> what do you want to do? And it gives you uh, an idea of the radius and the threshold. So leave the threshold at zero. And what you want to do with the radius is you want to get it to, you can just uh, stop seeing detail. So you can play around with whatever suits you, but, uh, and it's going to be different depending on your file size. I've gone with a radius of 10 for this image uh, from my Canon 5D Mark IV. So you can use that as a starting point. Hit OK. All right. And mm -hmm. uh, so basically I've got this, which is like not what I wanted because it's too much. Now I could use uh, opacity to reduce that. Right, but that's I want to have more control over where uh, this painterly look stays on. So what I'm going to do is add a layer mask, Val. All right, and so and then I'm going to invert it, Command I. So basically, what that does is hides what I just did. So like if I disable that layer mask, you can see that it goes back to that painterly right. style. If yeah. I enable the layer mask, it uh, hides it. Mm. And now if I brush with white so you want blend mode normal opacity 100% and a flow of 10% then yeah. I can just brush 
anywhere I like and it's going yeah. to brush that effect. So I can just say, I just want that painterly look on the actual uh, petals themselves yeah. and I want it on the, the, the actual uh, vase itself, okay? And it's just mm. revealing it. Now, um, just quickly, uh, basically when I'm talking about a layer mask, let's say I've got a, um, a, an image and it's a bright blue image, okay? Yeah. Uh, I've added another layer on top, which is pink, okay? Yeah. Now, the non-destructive way of revealing what's underneath is if I've got my um, uh, pink layer selected and I just uh, use an eraser and uh, a, a brush, wherever I remove those pink pixels, it's going to show those um, blue. blue pixels underneath. But now mm. if I ever want to change that, I have to go back to my history and uh, yes. go back, right, which yes. is annoying. So if you want a non-destructive way of doing that, I add a layer mask, okay, yep. and if I brush with black, okay, I can, uh, hang on, I've got to have a brush selected, not the eraser. If I brush with black, let me just turn up my flow here, it reveals what's underneath, right? Yes. Now, yes. I didn't like what I just did. If I mm -hmm. can change that to white, I can now mm -hmm. bring it back. So it's non-destructive. I see right. exactly what I'm doing. And yes. just so if you're not following that um, exactly, imagine you've got two sheets of paper, all right, yep. and that's what layers are. It's like we're putting one layer on top of the other. So I've got my blue yep. layer underneath, my pink layer on the top, okay. I add a layer mask. Um, and then I can brush on top of that. And wherever I brush is going to reveal what's underneath. Okay. And if mm. I want to bring it back, I brush with white. So, okay. And if I want to hide that whole thing, I just invert it. So that's basically what that's doing. Now it's hidden that pink layer. You can't see it anymore. And to bring it back, I just paint on the top with white. Brilliant. That's the, the layer mask, basically. All right. Uh, so let's good. Get back to this uh, focus stack. So that's what I've just done. So wherever I'm painting reveals what I did uh, with that earlier step where I just um, added a little bit of a painterly style. Now I'm going to uh, merge those uh, that to a new layer again. So Command Option Shift E, Command op, Alt Shift E if you're on a Windows. And I've got a new layer. And what I'm going to do is filter, uh, stylize, oil paint. Okay. And now mm -hmm. I can um, create, and I'll just come in tight. This, this uses a lot of grunt on the computer. But you can see I've come in. Can you see that I've now got little brush strokes kind of happening? Yeah. See that? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So basically you want your stylize, uh, you, you just adjust the stylization slider. Uh, cleanliness is at 10. I have the scale at 0.3, bristle detail 0.3 and uh, leave everything the same. Play around with that. It's this top slider, but if I start messing with that, the whole thing's going to crash, Val, so I'm not going to because it okay. too, <laughs> too, um, uses too much grunt. So I'm going to say okay. And, again, mm -hmm. it's like I like what this is doing, but it's a lot, and I don't want it everywhere. So, again, I'm going to add a layer mask. So it's the little icon that's a rectangle mm -hmm. with a circle in the middle. Then I'm going to hide what I just did. So watch what happens. Invert it. So Command-I. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's hidden. And now with a white brush, I can come in anywhere I want and just brush on 
you know, and I'm at uh, 100% flow. So I'll go to 10% flow and I can just pick little areas that I want to uh, add that little painterly style. So maybe mm-hmm. I just want to do it more on the vase mm-hmm. and little areas. If I make a mistake, I paint with black and I can remove it. So you can spend Great. all day painting, adding, and you get, that's basically how to get a painterly style. Now, um, all it. of what you've seen uh, today will be tutorials that the, the uh, that much more detailed for, for the goldies that you can follow along. But I think uh, what we've done today, pretty easy for you guys to just uh, stop the video wherever you want to stop it. And uh, hopefully that gives you a good overview of what's possible with on your kitchen table, uh, on your dining room table, you know, wherever you've got some space and mm. you can create um, something like that, uh, the, the, this uh, uh, tulip image, Val. Brilliant. Wow. So even if you are in lockdown and you're not able to visit, you know, exciting external sets, you can create your own set even on your kitchen table and uh, also practice or experiment with a whole bunch of these effects with layer masks and brushes and really transform your images. I think it's really great fun. Yeah. So there you Mm. go. That's it, Val. Wonderful. All right. So thanks um, for sharing that with us, Gina. Uh, As we said, we got such a big response from the last one. We wanted to um, do another video for you and we'll do these from time to time because sometimes it's useful to look at the nitty-gritty of the technique in Photoshop or Lightroom or or whatever. Um, But, yeah, what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? So a lockdown, hopefully that's mm-hmm. going to end at the end of the next week and then I okay. can go back to uh, planning uh, shoots. So a lot going on. What about you, Val? Oh, my goodness. I just have so many things to do. I'm a bit overwhelmed, <laughs> yes. to be honest. It's yeah. ridiculous. You do uh, have a lot so on I'm... your plate. <laughs> so I need to kind of just take stock and breathe. Breathe. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go Chocolate, breathe now. all of those things. So, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, thanks, Val. I'm going to let you go. Salted and, caramel uh, ice cream, actually. All right. Yes. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks. Um, where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilicia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, learn more techniques like this, uh, then do check out the gold community. Uh, what is it, Val? Go to ginamilicia.com and click and on. And click on membership. Membership. There you go. Yep. And you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.